Hi friends, my name is Jody Swee and I'm a life and relationship coach living in Los Angeles, California with my family as we seek to discover the joy in the journey. I have been studying the Bible for over 20 years and I freaking love it. Now I'm sharing it with you in the hopes that you discover that you do too. Woo, it has been a minute, friends. The Sweet family has been settling into life in the South Bay of LA and trying to figure out what it's supposed to look like. I started Topanga, my group coaching program for single people who love Jesus, and I've been building relationships and loving on my new community that is the Hollywood entertainment industry. It's been a really rich time, and our family is growing and changing in significant ways. But I have been missing this space where you and I get to dig into the Bible and discover all the treasures the Lord has left for us. So here we are, and today we're looking at one of Jesus' names. One that is less common, but tickled my curiosity, and so I had to do some research. Let's start by claiming the space as ours. Yours, mine, and the Lord's. Take a couple of deep breaths as you allow the reality that God is present with you where you are to sink into your harried brain. Holy Spirit, soften us today. Help us receive what you have for us as we look at the significance of our morning star. Morning star. It's a beautiful name for Jesus and one that you don't hear very often. It's only used to describe Jesus once and it's in the very last chapter of the very last book of the Bible, the mysterious book of Revelation. Here it is, Revelation 22.6. I, Jesus sent my angel to testify to these things for the churches. I'm the root and branch of David, the bright morning star. So let's give a little context to this. And I'm going to admit it right now. Revelation is one of my least favorite books of the Bible, right behind Leviticus and Numbers. According to smart people, the book of Revelation was written by the Apostle John in the years after Jesus went back to heaven and had left us the Holy Spirit to show us the way. In it, John is recording a vision he has been given by the Lord. And I find it maddening because it's all about what is to come and it's full of symbols and images. And I'm like, what does it even mean? I'm sure that this is wrapped up in my questions and fears about what heaven is actually going to be like and what the second coming of Jesus actually means. And I know there's an invitation to grow and learn more, but I'm working on it receiving that invitation. For a very long time, I even avoided reading the book of Revelation because it's so irritatingly obtuse. But a few years ago, I found myself in a year-long study of it. I'm not going to lie. I still find it frustratingly confusing with way too many weird animal references. But I was able to wrap my brain around a few things. The first thing I learned from studying the book of Revelation is that every single person will have a chance to choose Jesus or not. And some will come face to face with him and still say no. That was very freeing for me. I don't have to try to strong arm people into looking at Jesus if they don't want to. I'm free to love them, to keep pointing to Jesus with my life, and keep my heart tender for when the Holy Spirit might use me to connect with someone. 
The second thing I learned from the book of Revelation is that there is a whole lot I don't know or understand, and that's a good thing. God and his ways are way bigger than me and mine. It makes me a lot less dependent on needing to have all the answers and choosing to live in faith and love. When will Jesus come back? What does God really think about homosexuality? Why did my beloved cat Arlo disappear in the swampy woods of South Carolina, never to be seen again? I don't know, but I trust that God does and that he is working all things out for the sake of the world. The third thing I learned from the book of Revelation is that I need to stay tender to the Holy Spirit, to be curious and allow the Spirit to lead me through my questions, which is why I find myself basing this podcast episode on a verse from one of my least favorite books of the Bible. Thankfully, we don't have to stay in Revelation very long because I was quickly led elsewhere when I started to dig into what it meant that Jesus called himself the bright morning star. But Revelation 22 is where we begin, and this last chapter is titled in part, Jesus's Final Words. Now, if I were Jesus, I would make sure the final words recorded of me, even in a vision, were good ones. So we're going to accept in faith that these words matter and that there is something significant in the fact that he calls himself the bright morning star. So what does morning star mean? I have two references that I found meaningful. First, the most obvious one we can see with our own eyeballs. According to the internet, a morning star is a celestial object, usually a planet, most likely Venus, that is seen in the eastern sky just before dawn breaks. Let's take a minute and get a picture of that up in our brains. Close your eyes, if you can, and try to picture yourself outside somewhere late at night. In my mind, I'm in the desert somewhere. How about you? So we're standing in the darkness, and it's hard to see, but it's been like that all night, and so we're used to it, and we've learned to navigate it. But you know that morning is coming, and just when you don't think you can wait anymore, you see it off in the distance a pinprick of light, and you know a new day is beginning. That is who Jesus says he is. Not only is he the pinprick of light that means the dawn of something new, but according to Joe Rayo in his blog for space.com, the morning star is far more dazzling than any of the actual stars in the sky. Venus, the morning star, does not appear to twinkle, but instead glows with a steady silvery light. Spiritually, we stand in darkness. For some of us, we've never seen the light of day. And for others, we've seen many days turn to night. But we all have an internal sense that eventually night will end and an expectation and hope that light will come. In his final words, Jesus reminds us that he is the light in our darkness and will glow with a steadiness in our souls that will lead us into a new day. Take a beat here and invite the Holy Spirit to show you why you need to know this truth today. What darkness are you currently in? Is it fear? Is it despair? Is it busyness? Loneliness? Whatever it is, acknowledge it and ask the Holy Spirit to show you the hope of the light. The second reference I found that I was really pumped about is actually a financial slash stock market term, which makes about as much sense to me as the book of Revelation, but I did grab onto this. The term morning star 
in the financial world refers to a pattern in a price chart. I guess it looks like an upside down candlestick, but get this, the morning star is generally seen as, quote, a sign of a potential recovery following a downtrend. Come on, you guys, that's so stinking cool. Whoever came up with this term named it that because it signifies a sign of potential recovery following a downtrend. That's so true of Jesus. God gave us Jesus as a sign of recovery from our own downfall or our own darkness. Jesus is where we can find recovery from our darkness. But just like any other sign, we need to be looking for him. So I want to give you a minute to play this one out with the Holy Spirit right now and allow her to show you where and why you need this truth of recovery today. Are you looking for the sign of Jesus in your life or how Jesus is bringing recovery to your dark and downtrending places? Oh, stupid nutballs of coolness. Because wait, there's more. To make sure we are picking up what the Lord is putting down, Jesus' final words are about him as a bright morning star. And he's introduced in the beginning in the book of John like this. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When the book of John is saying the word, he means Jesus. How do we know this? Because it actually tells us so a few verses later in verse 14, where it says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Let's read John 1, 1 through 4 again with Jesus in place of the word and listen for our morning star. In the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In Jesus was life and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Jesus is the light in our darkness, a light that cannot be overcome regardless of how deep our wounds are or how bad our circumstances are. It doesn't matter. Darkness cannot overcome the light unless you're following the wrong morning star. You see, Jesus is not the only one who is referred to as the morning star. So is Satan. Uh, what? Yep, let's go all the way back to Isaiah 14, 12, which is the story of how Lucifer falls from heaven. And it says this, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, Son of the dawn, you have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. In this chapter in Isaiah, they are calling Satan Morning Star, which is super fascinating and quite appropriate. You see, Satan's job is to lure us away from Jesus, to lie to us and convince us that God isn't who he says he is, to plant seeds of doubt, 
Hello, Adam and Eve and his serpent whispers. Satan's light in this world is legit. Just check out 1 John 5.19. We know that we are from God and the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And so many are snookered into following stupid Satan. God doesn't really care about you personally, so you'd better not trust him with your day to day. Or did God really say that? Or Jesus was just a good man like Buddha. Lies, lies, lies from a morning star that brought the dawn of death and destruction. But Satan is not the morning star. Let's go back to Revelation 22, 6. And Jesus says, I sent my angel to testify to these things for the churches. I am the root and branch of David, the bright morning star. Jesus doesn't say that he is a morning star. He says, I am the bright morning star. So here we are with an eye-opening reminder that Satan is working hard to keep you following a light that is wrong, that it is a light that you can follow. And while it doesn't give much light, it's enough to deceive you. But Jesus was born as a baby, God in the flesh, to be the light, shining, steady, and bright, a light that will restore you, guide you, and bring you safely through this world into eternity. I want to spend a minute here inviting the Holy Spirit to check our spirits. Are we following the dim light of Satan and his lies? Or are we following the light of the world whose promises bookend the gospel? Let's take a few deep breaths here and bring it to the Lord. Heavenly Father, I'm reminded why Satan is called the deceiver, because he has a light that we can be deceived into following. And Lord, sometimes we don't even know we're following the wrong light, but we do have an invitation to ask you to show us we're following the wrong light and to help us see the true bright morning light that is Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. I want to end with one more gem from Jesus in John 8, 12. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Thanks for listening to Live Idlewild with Jody Swee. I love you guys, and I hope this serves you well. If you are loving this stuff and want someone to process it with, don't hesitate to reach out. That is a huge part of what I do as a life coach and spiritual director, and you can try a session for free. Just head on over to my website, joeyswee.com, and schedule it today. But until next time, my friends, may the love of Jesus grow wild within you until it overflows to others. But until next time, my friends, may the love of Jesus grow wild within you until it overflows to others.